Welcome to episode four of the Dead Serial Podcast. I'm excited to sit down with John and Alex from Fenery Recovery. But first, a quick shout out to Orchid Forge. This is hand forged blades, custom knives made in the USA, right in my backyard here in Salt Lake City. He's a good friend of Sam Lightning Bolt Nelson, who you might remember from episode three. Custom orders are available. You can find him on Instagram at Orchid Forge. You can also check out his website, which is orchidforgecompany.com. My name's John, and uh, I got a warrant for you. Three rules no smoking, feet on the floor, talk shit, get hit. That's it. We'll pay for it. Because that's solid fucking wood. Well, I have a solid fucking hammer. Maintenance. I'm your host, LJ, and today I sit down with John and Alex. They're the owners and operators of Fenry Recovery out of Atlanta, Georgia. They're fugitive recovery agents or bounty hunters, and uh, I've been looking forward to this for a long time, so without further ado. Uh, We might be getting hassled by a cop here in a second. We're just going to see. We're sitting outside of a bank doing this because we just left dinner. Yeah. And we're going to see if this cop is, like, suspicious of us. I think he is. (laughs) He's got, uh, yeah, yeah, slow roll. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he's leaving this alone. That's right, I'm now. suspicious of him. He for better now. keep moving. <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of want to capture our whole conversation, so let's. I'm just going to say Absolutely. we're recording right now. And what's up, Sounds guys? Good. Hey, man, thanks for having us on. Yeah, thanks for being on. I've been following you on Instagram for a little bit now. <laughs> yeah, man, likewise. You know, tigers, not kittens, and dead cereal, and, uh, you're one of my OGs. You and I have been at it for a while here. So just for Good a minute. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, you caught my interest. You know, it, it, you see fugitive recovery agents and they kind of think they're badasses and uh, push their weight around. And you guys have a totally different professional approach. And I, it really drew me to you. And in, in that first video, you walk up to the guy, my, my name's John, and I've got a warrant for your arrest. So. <laughs> That's it. That's how I like to handle the business. You know, when I see when I see people yelling and screaming and, and cussing out, I mean, that has its moments for sure. You know, it's yeah. not all unicorns and, and, and rainbows. But when I see people losing their minds, screaming and panicking and yelling at people, whether it's other fugitive recovery agents or if I see camera, you know, body cam footage from law enforcement, whatever, and I see them. I mean, just acting like that to me, it signals that they have, they don't have training. They don't have training or confidence in, in the training they have to know that they're in control of the situation. If the first thing you want to do is just start screaming and cussing and everything else, that's not good, man. I mean, that's just, just yelling gonna, begets yelling, right? Yeah. The situation, right? You're not you know, using the situation. Absolutely. You're escalating it at that point. Yeah, exactly. You're not making things better. I mean, it's always weird for us because we're in someone's house, we're in someone's work, we're in their yards or wherever it is. 
And if you just start ramping things up immediately, it just it 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 starts to get away from you, man. It'll it'll go crazy. You know, you get family members involved, you have bystanders involved. I like to handle my business just as gentlemen. You know, it's yeah. we're, I, I'll, I'll I'll say, hey, man, you're gonna handle this like a man. And they'll be like, yeah. I'm like, okay. So what do I got to do to make this easier on you? Do you need to get your smokes, your phone, grab some white underwear? You're gonna need whites. Okay, <laughs> thanks. Now now they're still gonna go to jail. They're right. still going to jail. Yeah. But they have some control over the situation, right? They still have ownership of it. It's not like I'm saying you do this, 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 and this, no matter what. Or I'll put a foot in your ass. It's not like that. You got to give them. It's like disciplining a kid or anything like that. Or if you're counseling someone in the military or at work, you've got to provide them with an opportunity to save face and have ownership of it. And that's how I like to. That's how I treat our defendants. Was we don't get paid extra for yelling and going ape shit on them. Right. You know, I just want. The, the smoother and faster. I only have so many fights in me, man, and <laughs> I don't. I don't need to. I don't need to burn that match. So, if I can get them in the car without yelling and screaming, I'm happy. Well, I think the other thing is that it's disarming to them in a way. It you know when we come and we're being nice to them, or we're treating them with dignity and respect, and letting them handle their business and giving them time. They're like this isn't how it's supposed to be. You're supposed to be yelling at me and throwing me on the ground. And I think it's disarming in a way. That's absolutely true. They're like, cause I'm not like a big, scary guy. I'm like six, oh, two, 200. well, I mean, I'm six <laughs> two, 200 pounds. Right. And all my gear and stuff. And I'm, I guess, I guess that's big enough. But when I get up on people, I get up on them quickly and it's disarming. They're like, Oh shit. You know, this, the boogeyman is here. I'm like, yeah. Hey man, what do I got to do? And it kind of sets them all off. And before they know it, they're like, hey, thanks for being cool with me. And they're in cuffs and they're in the car. Nice. As quickly as possible, no lingering around. Just we got to knock this out. You know, oh, hey, can I make – yeah, you can use your phone. Oh, can we stop and cash my check? No, we're not going to stop and cash your check. (laughs) You know, I mean it's – we're just going to knock this out. The less time around each other we are, the less opportunity there is for you to start losing your mind. You know, so just quick, efficient, polite, like you're returning a shirt at at the department store. It didn't work out, man. Okay, thanks. You got your receipt. Here it is. All right. Thank you. Thank you. That's how I like to do our business. Business. Right. When you're always just kind of at the forefront, John. But Alex, where where do you fit in? You're kind of behind the scenes doing the it seems like you're Batman. And in a way, John's maybe Robin. Maybe. (laughs) I'm more like the butler, man. Detective work. And. Yeah. <laughs> and he's kind of, does the footwork. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that, and that, you know what, for the most part, that's exactly right. I, I think, um, when we first got into this game, uh, the, the reason I got into it is because John got into it first. The bondsman he started working for gave him a big stack of files and he caught all the low hanging fruit. The people who were still living at the address on the bond, still working at the employer on the bond. You had to be dumb for me to catch you when I first started, man. (laughs) I I was like that broken clocks right twice a day type fusion recovery. If if I caught you at your house, that was about it, man. Yeah. Lucky you. uh, yeah. So he, you know, he and I knew each other from uh, from Krav Maga class and he knew that I was interested in investigative work. I'd been a professional photographer for seven years before that and um, really wanted to do something in an investigative field. And so he reached out to me. He's like, hey, I've got these files. 
I think at least one of them is out of state, but I have no idea how to find them. I thought you could work some of your computer wizardry and maybe find them on the internet. I don't know. I mean, and so he gave the files to me and I really didn't know anything about skip tracing. It was just, I, I mean, I just kind of started off intuitively and uh, I was able to find all of the people on the first three files that he gave me. And he was like, this works, you nice. know, you're, you're five, four and a hundred pounds. And you know, you're not going to, you know, go to the front door every single time. But, you know, I have a skill set. He has a skill set and they're complementary skills. It and works. Yeah, we found out and we discovered it's, pretty early on. It works. We 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 close a lot of cases. It's uh, I think I get the obvious sexiness of it. Like people see like say my social media stuff and they're like, Oh, there's John kicking a door or yeah. fighting a guy, whatever that is. Smashing you the know. door down with a sledgehammer, maybe. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but you know what? That's the thing. That's the – in this job, that's only about – once I'm at the door, all the work's been done. You know, it's – once I'm there, I'm not leaving without you, you know, and it's – it's the it's the smallest part component of the job. I, like I said, it's the sexiest part of the job. But all the to me, what makes really good bounty hunters uh, a bounty hunting uh, skill set would be finding them. You got to find them. These people know you're looking. You, the, there's no one we catch that's like I never even knew this was up. They know what's up. You know, you're trying to find someone who has a head start in 2018 who has all their, all their skills. And so once I get up on you, it's all over, it's all over, but the crime, you know, that's the easy part. Yeah. But to get from file to he's in this house, John, that's all the hard work. Yeah. When you guys do everything, pretty much social media, YouTube, Twitch, Instagram. Yeah. We only use Facebook for catching criminals. <laughs> we have like about 25 free text accounts and all these different ones for catfishing and finding people. Nice. But uh, yeah, we do Twitch TV. Uh, we do YouTube. We have, we've ignored YouTube for like four months or so, but we're going to start doing it again because we get a very positive response to it. Well, I primarily uh, check you guys out on YouTube. But I don't really have time to check out Instagram stories at work or the right. Twitch. So that's my preferred platform. So that's nice to hear. You might. Be well, that's good to more. know because <laughs> it, it's funny how that's good to know because we we do really well on Twitch. Nice. We do really well on Twitch TV. You know, we're in, when shockingly one of the top in real life streams that they have in their platform. Okay, nice. us and all those like gamer dudes and stuff you know we do very well on there but they don't ever watch instagram they're twitter people instagram right. people are youtube people it's an interesting how these social media platforms you'd think oh i've got fifty thousand people on instagram they're gonna all go to twitch no maybe about 500 maybe oh, wow. maybe that small no it is that small it's, it's just it's, it's a really interesting thing that you know, the other part of our job, which has emerged, is a social media presence. You know, I mean, we are bounty hunters full time. We put three people in this week. We work in tomorrow night. We worked yesterday. We just we work every day. But all of a sudden, there's an emergence of social media into our job. And that's become a job into itself of just kind of wrangling that. But what we have learned 
is the whole Instagram, Twitch, Twitter. The conversion rate is very low. Yeah. What, pla- the cross-platform conversion rate. Exactly. You know, people are loyal to their platforms. The yeah. YouTube people are just hardcore YouTube. They're like, I've never watched Twitch. That's not my thing. And the Twitch people are like, yeah, hey, YouTube's all right. And you're like, oh, how about Instagram? They're like, well, not really. I live in a basement. Or I, I, don't, I don't have anything to show yeah. off on Instagram. You know, I don't yeah. have anything to show in life. So I don't go on there. Twitter and, and Twitter and Twitch seem to match up real well. That yeah. seems to be like yeah. that's so that's their sister platform. There. Yeah, this is a stronger conversion rate. I think I think it's just a variety in what people want. You know, people who watch Twitch are people who have either have the time or are willing to watch the extremely uncondensed process of our work. And people okay. who like like YouTube, they they're people who want a more condensed version. They want for they want to see the case beginning to end in 15 minutes, 10 minutes, whatever. Whereas, you know, our, our Twitch viewers are like, yeah, you know, I'm, I work IT and I leave your stream open on my other monitor all day. And while I'm working, I leave it running and I just there, I'm there. I feel like I'm with you. Nice. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's just, and then, you know, Instagram are just like little bite sized pieces. Right. And so, right. yeah, it's just, it's, it's a, it's interesting. Yeah, it's as far of- as as your content goes, because Instagram, from my own experience, if you if you take a couple days not to create content and post it up, you drop followers. Is that seems to be the case, anyways? With I, Twitch I think and YouTube, so. I mean, it, depending on how often you're posting content, I'm whoops, sorry. Yep, yeah. How no, much no, do you so, guys worry uh, about that? Uh, well, I kind of do. I, I take my Instagram fairly seriously because all these opportunities and stuff that have opened up to us kind of came from my Instagram uh, with Twitch and, and stuff. Combat flip-flops. Combat flip-flops, nice. Vertex, I mean, some rifle companies, watch people, all these all these cool folks um, have reached out and want to be associated with it because of that Instagram. So I, I pay attention to it. I think in the, since May, I might have missed three or four days only. And I post like once a day, sometimes twice, depends on what's going on. If I just feeling like it, uh, YouTube, we haven't posted anything in four months and we we've gained 2000, 2,500 followers since our last post. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, what? That's the so opposite of social media. <laughs> yeah. With, with YouTube. And I get probably, I mean, no shit. I probably get 50 to 75 DM requests a week on Instagram. Damn. And it's everything. I I will say the majority, probably 60, 70% of them are dudes who are like, Hey man, I'm pretty cool. And I think I could do your job. Tell me how to do it. How, where do I start to be your, to be you? I'm like, Oh shit. You know, but I get a lot of them. I'd say the second most asked question is when are you going to get back on YouTube? Where's your YouTube? I want more YouTube content. I go, hey, I'm on Twitch now. They're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever, dude. I want YouTube. So I think our New Year's thing for work is more YouTube content. Yeah. So, you know, we're starting to bank some more footage. The, the the body cam footage you see that people have come to know and love on Instagram in 30-second bites, you're going to see more that, like Alex was saying, that eight, nine, ten-minute episodic start to close that goes really well on 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 YouTube. Yeah, it just yeah. gives you more creative freedom to edit. Yeah, your video you can edit and splice it after it together the and, and 
provide a yeah. bigger story. Yeah, and you can put it out after the fact. You could have an editorial. You can shape it, and you could have – you can not worry about being sued or killing someone live like Twitch. You know, it's okay. like we don't bring the phone, like the camera to the door on Twitch. The, the Twitch camera is almost us in the car or office exclusively. 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 <laughs> They're trying. They're trying. So – you don't get uh, the action and adventure, but that crowd, the Twitch people don't mind. They're like, where are you going to go to lunch? We want to go to lunch with you. You know, there's 1,500 people watching you stream eating tacos. Yeah. And you, like, you, okay. Uh, you guys went to a taco spot the other day, I think, on Twitch. I, I tuned in for a little bit after the fact. It wasn't live. And yeah. Yeah. It's uh, the uh, server knew you wanted carnitas. Yeah, carnitas. Yeah, me taco. Yeah, that's my jam. That place is the place. Um, yeah, so we uh, we're gonna start doing more YouTube. You can yeah. control it, you know, and you can edit it to what people want to see. Um, yeah, and Twitch, you know, we're our, our Twitch is fun. If you like us, if you want to see fighting and action and adventure, you're not gonna see it on Twitch. Yeah, you know, that's just not what we do because they have very strict terms of service, and you can get banned pretty fast on there. Now, if you pull your gun out because something happens, if you don't even break leather, you just kind of reach for it, banned. All these kind of things. They're really uptight about some stuff. Well, you guys so, had issues when you first launched Twitch. Is that like days into it, man? Issues? I was like a week, I think a week and a half in, and we got a little temporary ban. I mean, there was, and, you know, people ask about it a lot. And, and you know, it's just a situation where we were in a shitty, shitty part of town. And uh, someone rolled up on our car yelling and screaming, and John is John. <laughs> and he was like, I'm ready uh, for this. You want to slam your car up next to mine, start yelling and screaming at me out of the window out of nowhere, we might have business. You know, I, I'm a 51-year-old man in this job. I've been around and alive for this long for a reason. And, you know, if you're going to roll up on me in the roughest part of Atlanta – and start screaming at me out through your car for no reason. There was no road rage, right? The guy just pulled up and I started going nuts. And I was like, yeah. you don't, you don't know what's on the other side of that. I mean, we, with our, with up. our jobs, we have to have our heads on a swivel all the time. So you really just, imagine. you know, there's a lot of pissed off family members and not everyone loves bounty hunters. <laughs> well, there was <laughs> so, a taser face you got the other night and, uh, yeah. talk to me well, a little bit about that. But you mentioned when you posted the video that that dude was threatening you was, Absolutely, man. Guy had called me. Huh? In. What's that? You get a lot of shit, huh? <laughs> um, yeah, well, you know what? Not normally. Most people are cool, especially when we're cool with them. Mm -hmm. A lot of bounty, a lot of family members, they're not happy about what's going on. Yeah. But the way we handle our business, we're pretty cool with them. A lot of people see bounty hunters like in social media. I'll get messages from people. They'll be like. Oh, yo, you guys are worse than repo, man. You're like used car salesmen. You're like pawn shop owners. You guys are terrible. You're not real cops. I'm like, no, you're right. I'm not. I'm not a real yeah. cop, but I'm not trying to be. I'm not. I'm not a cop. I am essentially a human repo man. I mean, it's. Uh, I like that it's, analogy. <laughs> it, it, well, that's what we are. It's, you know, the way the bonding process works. This cat the other night was on the hook for about twenty five thousand dollars to the bondsman. Multiple felonies. Holy shit. Okay, so, yeah, no shit. 25 large. He's on the hook for that money, and he's missed all his court cases, including, you know, two felonies, 
second degree burglar. Yeah, but he's a burglar, but he spent 14 years in prison before this even happened. So he's got a long history. So we're looking for him, and uh, he's on the hook for all this money. And if we can't find him in the amount of time that they have, that in like, say, 90 to 120 days from the day he missed court, the bondsman is on the hook for $25,000 to the court. Yeah. So it's like they want him. They want him back. It's like stealing a car. You know, he has now stolen $25,000. They put the twenty five grand up for his bond to the court. He agreed to come back. You know, and, and his family paid the premium of almost three thousand dollars for or this woman, his ex girlfriend, paid almost three thousand dollars for him to get out. And he, he's a criminal. Um, this that was a very interesting case. I mean, it just it's wrapped up case, two yeah. days ago, right? Yeah. But it's the first time I've ever had to taste someone, ever in three hundred and forty something arrest. First time I've ever tased anyone. And it but, happened to be in the face. They hit him right in the cheek, man. <laughs> but in my defense, he was running and I was running. It was a good shot, man. Yeah, hell that yeah, thing, it was. <laughs> that thing only goes like 40, like maybe 350 feet per second. It doesn't go that fast. Yeah. You know, it's like a paintball. It doesn't really, it's not like a rifle round where it's like, bang, it hits him. They had time. She was running behind me and said she watched the dart. <laughs> flying through the air and just smack him. His head snap when it hit him in the cheek. And the other one hit him right in the sternum. It's two darts, right? Oh, yeah. So the second one that went and it hit him right dead smack center, like right in the solar plexus. I mean, it was dead center mass. If you had to put two shots on someone with a pistol, it was like bang, bang. It was yeah. like a head and chest <laughs> shot hit him. And uh, But what led up to that was we got this file about three weeks ago. And it's a shit ton of money, right? So the, the bondsman's freaking out about how much money it is. That's a lot of money. They're going to lose twenty five grand. You know, you go from making twenty five hundred to losing twenty five thousand, as this for the bondsman, right? Right. So she's very excited about it, and Alex does what Alex does and says, "This is where he's working. He's working at this chicken joint, at this uh, chicken processing plant." And so she goes there. I'm out in the car with my gear. And she's like, oh, he comes in at, at, at like 530. Um, I'm going to go talk to the manager now and coordinate, and then I'll call you to come in and grab him. You know, usually they'll bring him into an office type thing or whatever. Alex goes in, and there's a language barrier between you and the people that work at the front desk. And instead of bringing the manager, they brought our defendant up to see her. Oh, shit. And she was like, hey. He didn't even get fully, like, around that. I mean, from behind the desk, he saw me. And what we didn't know is that the bonding company, in their anxiety on the file, had called him earlier that day and been like, you have a warrant. Oh, so he yeah. already knew, and Let he saw me. He clothes, but he still put two and two together, and they just took off through the back. Yeah, he took off running. We were chasing this guy. I mean, I was looking. If I would have had a working dog or something, and I would have let him loose on him. But it was this guy took off running. He uh, he just saw Alex, you know, and so it's like, oh shit, nope, took <laughs> off running. And so we went to where he lived, and we found out that he was homeless. The trailer he was living in, he stopped paying rent. They threw him out. He came back and squatted in it for a week or so, and then they threw him out of that. And so he's homeless, right? So we got a guy with no job, no car, and no house. 
you so that's how hard this job is. That, and you got to find a guy who's also, by the way, done 14 years in prison. This isn't some dude who's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. This guy knows the game. Yeah. So I'm a criminal, I, bad guy. Oh, yeah. He's a full criminal. I mean, most of our folks aren't criminals. I mean, they are by definition, but they're not bad folks. They're just kind of Chronic, chronically irresponsible. Chronically irresponsible is what I always say. They just don't handle their shit in every area of their lives. Yeah, they're just like the same people who get their power turned off or their car repoed or license their license suspended are the same guys who don't go to court. And that's essentially what we go after. And that's probably 90 percent of the people we go after. But there's a good solid 10 percent that need to be locked up in cages. I mean, that that have huge criminal histories and have no desire to slow down and and go to living a a productive, you know, responsible life. They're like, just what I do. I I break into cars and I rob people, you know, and I don't go to court. So this guy was one of those folks. And we had Alex had worked a very good relationship with the co-signer a single woman who's now got another boyfriend and she's trying to live her life and get away from guys like this. But he left her. She's a co-signer. So she's responsible for the twenty five thousand dollars. It's on her. It's all on her. So as cool as we are with the co-signer, we're like, yeah, ma'am, can you help us? She's like, well, I don't know. And uh, at a certain point, Alex is like, OK, well, ma'am, uh, John's going to come by and pick up that 25 grand from you then. And she's like, uh, I have nine dollars. Yeah, I'll, I'll be by there. At, when's your busiest time at work? I'm going to come see you at work and collect my 25 grand. And she was like, I don't have it. So then she got she started to appreciate the seriousness of the situation. Okay. And we were able to uh, to work with her. And I got his phone number from her. So I called this gentleman. I was like, hey, dude, you need to call me back and handle this business. I'm tired of chasing your ass. You're a grown-ass man. You've left this woman on the hook for $25,000. you are no stranger to jail, dude. You just need to handle this business, and I need to put you back in. And he never returned my call until about four days later. He calls me at 1.30 in the morning. I'm like, hello? He's like, yeah, man, you left the number message for me. I go, oh, hey, what's up? I know who you are. He's like, yeah, we got to get together and handle our business like men. I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Tell me where, you know, and he hangs up and then he calls me about three hours later and I'm like, hello. He's like, fuck you. And he hangs up the phone real fast. I was like, okay. <laughs> and then like, we're laughing about it, but he, he starts, our co-signer starts catfishing him a little bit. Our co-signer is like, oh, I've always really thought about you. And, uh, you know, I'm engaged now, but I still miss you boo type thing. And he started biting. He started nibbling. And Alex really worked that relationship. And uh, he told her, he's like, nah, man, I don't turn myself in. Those bounty hunters have to earn their money on me. And so we're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, so Alex works this with this woman, like, a, like, they're, like texting 20, 30 times a day about what to do, what to do, what to do. And then finally sets it up in the middle of the night. Uh, remember he ran off his job. He forgot he didn't get paid. So he wouldn't go back to the work cause he knew we were in there. And so he had her go pick up his paycheck and bring it to her work. And he was going to come by and get the check from her check and we her. were going to be there, you know, so it's this big sting, right? Yeah. But this dude knows what's up. He's doing his own form of kind of shitty trade craft the whole way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was looking over his shoulder. And, um, I mean, in his own way, he was good at it. 
you know, yeah, oh, better yeah. than most of the people that we deal with. Yeah, he well, he's a, he's a, he was a true criminal. So yeah. he's like <laughs> setting up fake meets. He's like, oh, I'll be at the drugstore. Oh no, I'm not going to be there. I'll be at this place, but it's going to be an hour and a half later and show up in 10 minutes. So he's doing his little his little Bush League trade craft. But we've got a lot of time on our side and our experience. We're like, oh, OK, this is what's really happening. Yeah. And we were exactly right. Mm-hmm. We were exactly right. So he's like, oh, I'm going to be there to meet you at your work in an hour and a half. And we're like, nah, he's going to be here in like 20 minutes. And sure as shit, man, he tries to send some guy in for him. And the guy walks up and, and our co-signer's got stones, man. She says, no, nope, I'm not giving you like this check. Good. He's got to get it himself. Yep. He's got to get it himself. So this guy leaves, gets in the car, drives up the hill. And maybe a minute later, I haven't seen the guy yet. And I'm looking over my right shoulder and I have the door open maybe an inch. It's just sitting open with the lights okay. off. Yeah. But when I have to get out of the car, I don't have to open a door. Alex is looking back. She goes, holy shit, it's him. He's coming down the street right now. He's coming. He's coming. I'm like, are you sure? And I've known over the last three plus years now that she's almost always right. Uh, I mean, I, I can't think of time. typically how it goes. Yeah, she's always right. I'm not exactly right. I no, I was just like, she knew she was, yeah, it's him. It's him. I was like, it's him. I'm, and he was like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, I'm 100% sure. I didn't even say a word though. I just, because <laughs> he walks up to the door and I was waiting for him to go in the office. And I could just lock him down in the office. Hey, you know, dude, let's hang out. Let's handle our business. You know, and I always start off with my taser in my hand. Well, most of the time. So I've got the taser in my hand and I see him walk up to the door and he knocks on it. And I'm like, go in the door, dude, go in the door. And he's like, he's waving her. And we're like, oh shit, he's not going to go inside. Damn. He's trying to get her and he's looking. And it's like when you're a little kid and you're trying to trade something. And you're like, okay, you give me this baseball card and I'll give you that. And, <laughs> and you kind of fake back and forth. He was doing that with her in the door. And I'm like, oh, she's not going in. I just jumped out of the car and ran up on him. And uh, I wow. got probably within 10 feet on him, I guess. And uh, he goes, oh, shit. And he spins to go to run. And I was just like, pow, hit him, <laughs> him and dropped him. Thankfully, it was a perfect shot, like calling your shot in like pool because she had the door open about two feet when he fell. His head fell right through the gap in the door. I was like, yeah. woof. Yeah. I was good. curious who, who that lady was. I was yeah. curious who that was. Was that the co-signer? Was that an employer? Because then I saw on Alex's Instagram the the whopping check for $9. Isn't that the best? That, became, man, that guy turned himself in. He came. He risked it all and got caught in the rat trap for nine dollars you know that's yeah. like that uh like the Hilarious. like the mouse trap they come to kind of try to steal the cheese but it was like that plastic bullshit instead of real cheese right and he was like damn he was yeah. a cool guy that, you know after the fact he, he, i was right in the back with him and i if it's someone like that i put ankle cuffs on him cuff behind his back this guy hit me and threatened me and everything else i'm like all right dude you're gonna ride in the back like a criminal i'm gonna sit next to you you know, the stun gun taser with the cartridge off, you could just dry stun people. Right. So I'm like, dude, you know what? You're out like an adult. We'll be cool. And he was cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, man, I can't believe you shot my face. <laughs> I, like, I told him, you took it like a man though, dude. He's like, yeah, brought a tear to my eye though. And I said, what? <laughs> well, you, well, you were on the ground and it's just out. <laughs> out, man. I tell you what, electricity works. I was, and I said, you were running though. He goes, yeah, yeah, I was. That was the best <laughs> 
station. They're like sitting in the back seat afterwards laughing about it. And and uh, John goes, you tried to dip on me. You're going to run. And he goes, well, I mean, yeah, I was. <laughs> <laughs> He's just obvious about it. He's like no shame in his game. I no. mean, he knows what he is. Well, and then I let him yeah. use his phone in the car. You know, it's not personal. It's just business. Right. So at, the, right. at a point. He's secured. There's nothing going to happen. Now he's a 45-year-old man, and we're just talking in the back seat. And uh, I'm letting him use his phone, and he's calling all his relatives, and he calls his mom. And it was was funny to me. Not funny, ha-ha funny, but it never gets – it never kind of makes my eye – doesn't kind of teach me something is every person he called, we had almost talked to beforehand as well, mm-hmm. like his mom. I don't know where he is. I don't know where he is. Oh, my gosh. I don't know where he is. And he's on the phone. Hey, mama. Yeah, they got me. You know, yeah, I'm, like, I'm not going to be home tonight. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for the help, mom. I appreciate it. Uh-huh. You know, it, it's yeah, and he's like, I'm probably going away for two to three years. He has a big case against him. And then he had parole vi- or probation, probation violations and all kinds of paper hanging on him. He's going away. And he's, yeah, he's away a guy. A little who, bit. He's going to go for two, three years, and he and I left on good terms. I was in the jail turning him in, and uh, I'm like, good luck, sir. He's like, hey, thanks for being cool with me. I'm like, I shot you in the face. <laughs> he was like, no, you know, whatever. You know, and, you know, and it was no hard feelings. You yeah. know, it, it wasn't like – yeah, and that's the difference. He has some perspective on it, you know. A guy like yeah. that, like we were just talking to dinner. A guy like that, that's part of his jam. That's not the first time he's ever been tased. You know, that's he, you know, it wasn't like I sprung that shit on him. He, he he's got to know that's going to happen. Well, he's and for, he, he shall forever be known as Taserface to me. And yeah, man, characters in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. He's oh, I know, man. It's Taserface. Uh, yeah, have you ever that's seen funny. the prongs on a Taser? Have you ever seen what those things oh, look, yeah. look like? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Right straight in the cheek. <laughs> right, like right in the jawline. The other one was right in the. Oh. I was like. Oh, man, it was a good shot, but I had to pull him out. I always carry my multi-tool in my belt, right, my yep. gear belt. People are like, why do you carry a multi-tool? I'm like, oh, for, like, opening bathroom doors or unscrewing peepholes in people's front doors so I could look into their houses or pulling a barb out of someone's <laughs> face, man. I, I go to gently pull it. It kind of snugged. I was like, I told him, I go, dude, I'm not going to lie to you. This is probably going to hurt a little bit. <laughs> this is going <laughs> to suck. This is going to suck. And I pulled it out. I was like. Whoa, hey, that's impressive. But you know, one out of his death came real fast. I just yanked that one. The the, the, the cheek, I try to be gentle, but I, you can't do it gently. You just got to yank that shit out. It's like Pop a straight choke, you know? Yeah, just, just, dude, here it comes. Here it comes. Bear down. What, what are you guys doing when you're not bounty hunting? I know you game a little bit. We have a, a common love of Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. I, uh, I do some gaming, uh, console gaming, though. I do uh, PS4 gaming. I do Xbox One, but I'd love you guys to make a, a switch and jump on. Yeah, come on over to your side. Online. We can wreck some shop. <laughs> I'd be awesome, man. Well, that's one of the things we're talking about. We're going to be setting up an office space probably by February. Um, and that way we can get some fiber optic uh, uh, Wi-Fi going on. And you're going to see us game. You're going to see uh, PC gaming. We'll probably get an Xbox, too. Nice. And people want us to play GTA five role playing bounty hunters type stuff, <laughs> um, which is kind of funny, kind of art imitating life. Right. I'm a, I mean, I'm a total nerd in that. I love playing World of Warcraft on nice. PC. I'm like the Warcraft biggest nerd for a few years. <laughs> well, for a long time, my brother, who's in California and I 
both grown ass men playing Warcraft at night with headphones on because we just talk. Yeah. You know, it's my brother. So we'd play and do our thing. But I just dig it, man. I, I dig that game still. If I had to pick I one know game, plenty of grown ass men that do the exact same thing. We're, we're just nice. on Xbox. We got a few friends with the PC Master Race gamers, but yeah, console's <laughs> just too convenient. <laughs> That's Alex right there. Well, I, no, not really. I mean, I like playing either. Um, but for our Twitch streaming, I mean, you pretty much have to use a, P- a PC for streaming video games. There are a few options for using a console, but you know, the Twitch prefers the the PC. Oh, over absolutely. The, um, yeah, I mean, I think for our streaming, we'll definitely be doing PC games. Yeah. And um, I don't know, trying to see John likes. I think people always expect for us to like really tactical video games like uh, <laughs> Call of Player Duty, Unknown, Call of Duty, But I think it's like that's our reality. So when we play video games, <laughs> I'm like playing black. I got like a cocktail. I'm in my like a pair, of, like a, a hoodie and a pair of slippers. I'm like playing Minecraft mindlessly because I was crawling through an attic, pulling someone out earlier in the day. I'm just like, I don't want to be like sneaky, stealthy, shooting around corners. I just want to like stack bricks and shit. I don't. Exactly. I don't need to complicate my life, man. I'm just. But and also, my thing on video games is. I like like I why I don't like PUBG like public battleground yeah. pillar no, battleground whatever yeah. shit all those games I like being able to and I kind of do it in my own life I like being able to progress and measure progress and upgrade gear and things like that so like nice. Warcraft you know you could you're always upgrading your stuff you're getting more gear it's more challenging you get to keep your get stuff new yeah, you, yeah, exactly right. You you develop this like uh, relationship to this person you're playing. You're like, oh, I've got this guy. I've had him for a year and a half, and this is his gear and this and that. Where like PUBG, it's like, oh, you start fresh every time. I'm like, yeah. Dad, I don't want that. Yeah. John likes grinding games. I do. I like grinding hard. Like just put your face in and just smash <laughs> Minecraft. I like a mixture of the two. Uh, I don't mind the grind. It's a World of Warcraft is pretty expansive, so you get that opportunity to have variety while you're grinding to an extent. But then there's games like Destiny Destiny 2 where you're just grinding the same five damn maps. Yeah. The same bogus loot for hours on end. So I was my thing. I played played Destiny 1. Same thing. I was like, I had these great characters. You're like, it's like five maps. Yeah. It's over and over and over. And I was like, okay. And, and the progress wasn't really presenting itself to me. I had the same gear. Good gear was so hard to come by. And I wasn't doing like these big raids with people, whatever it is that people get this epic type gear. I was like, God, this kind of sucks. So when Destiny 2 came out, I didn't even pick it up. I'm like, I've already played that game, man. I know what this, I know what this thing's all about. A few of us picked it up and, and, quickly stopped picking up the controller to play it <laughs> really it's same. have you played arc yet i have not played arc yet i think that's one that that we might get on pc and look into because that seems like the sort of thing that that you would like i think i mean i think there's like a, pro, a progression on that game from like the stone age to the space age and you're like literally nice. just working your way up so i think that's one that we're we i'm not opposed to that yeah. i'm not opposed to that no, yeah it's, cool. that's my thing with warcraft it, it's a grind it could be a grind man you're working the same nine buttons just about over the whole time you know 
but I like the I like the graphics of it. I kind of like the lore of the Warcraft world, and I like the the differences in characters and the customization of your gear and stuff. I, I kind of get a kick yeah. out of that. No, I love all that as well. So, Alex used to do photography. You think you said for seven years or something before Fugitive Recovery. What What were you doing, John? Before you got raising hell. <laughs> raising hell um i was uh it's interesting i have i've done a lot of things i was in the military and when i got out i uh i went to college and got a degree and uh, i want to be a school teacher right so i, I did seven that. years yeah but yeah i was i want to be a school teacher and so i did uh i did liberal stuff i went to san jose state in california where i'm from is i'm from monterey went to san jose state and got my degree in uh, liberal studies and uh, and double minored in special ed and in American literature. So it was uh, the liberal studies program. There's just teacher education. It's the oldest teaching college in California. So I wanted to be a special ed teacher. So I did my undergrad at San Jose State and uh, worked a couple like teaching long term sub jobs. Then I got my uh, my credential, my severely handicapped credential, and I started working in that field. And I did, uh, you know, special ed classes uh, for uh, special day classes for more severely handicapped kids and mostly middle school, but not like special day or not like a resource room where kids are like, oh, I'm a little couple grade levels below math. So I come here to get math tutoring. It was like full county classroom where kids have, uh, you know, profound disabilities. And so I worked that and then uh, I, I moved to another town. And I got into the mental health field. And I worked for a mental health department for years doing intensive case management. And what that means is uh, working with homeless or recently homeless folks who are disabled, fully disabled with mental health problems. So if you, you know, living under a bridge, schizophrenic, you know, bipolar, any of these kind of profound mental illnesses, um, I would get them into services. I mean, from going under bridges and seducing them in with toothbrushes or canned food, or, hey, I could take care of that that cavity for you. If you come in with me, I'll take you to the dentist. But afterwards, I wanna talk to you, give me your social security number, and I could run them for backgrounds on uh, um, where they've been mental health patients before, things in their history. Did you take medication? Do you have family? Get them into service and eventually, get them to uh, the doctor to be diagnosed, to, to confirm diagnosis of mental health, and then full wraparound services from getting hooked up on social security to maybe if you, if it was appropriate, getting a section eight voucher to live independently to maybe vocational services. So full wraparound services for profoundly mentally ill people. And when I was doing that, I also got a mediation license with the state of California to, uh, and this was where, uh, I still use this every day at my job uh, in, in mediation and de-escalation between landlord-tenant or employer-employee uh, disputes involving mentally ill people. So I would be working with people who were, who were sick, and you might have tried to flush an entire shower curtain down the toilet because you were out of toilet paper, and your landlord is pink. Yeah, it happened. It's a story I'll tell you off the air sometime. Okay. So, it, uh, yeah. So there's the landlord, and there's my client, and there's me trying to get the client to understand that was wrong and to admit to that, and get the landlord to say, "I know this is going to cost you a thousand dollars in plumbing, 
but hear me out. Yeah. And so that's that's the background I have. You know, I was in the 82nd. I was in 7th Special Forces Group, and that's all cool and super tactical and high speed, and, and I get that, and it's sexy. But what I use on my job now from job experience is that component, that people, those soft skills, I think, that people don't learn or think they can't learn. You're like, oh, you're born with it if you're not. No, you can train it. You could you could work it. If you if you take your craft seriously, you can learn that. You can learn de-escalation. You can yeah, learn absolutely. conflict absolutely. management. These are things are, absolutely conflict management. You can learn all those things. And uh, like I said, I, I did that for a long time. After September 11th, I had the opportunity to do some PMC work. I did some of that, you know. Right. And uh, and I'm also a paramedic from my military days and. I worked when I worked a little bit off and on at a big hospital downtown Atlanta on a truck, uh, and I went to work for their mental health department, and was doing mental health emergencies for the big hospital there in, in Atlanta. And I was still doing a little PMC work, and that's when we met. I was doing uh, some private okay. security mostly for some families that wanted me around, and a couple big companies, and I was going back and forth to Mexico and some other stuff. And that's when we met. Interesting. Quite a bit. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't realize you did that that much PMC work. Yeah, that's quite a bit. I I did. I did. Um, well, I'm a medic, right? So you're kind of right. always in demand. And you know what's okay? It's I did it until my uh, my son, who's 14 now. I did it until it was old enough to be like, "Where's dad at?" For 105 okay. days, or you know gone for 110 days, gone for this or that. And it was good. You know, it, uh, paid for my ex-wife's house. It, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> it, it was good. Yeah. It's awesome, man. <laughs> but you know, it's, uh, it's good. I and mean, I've always kind of been in this kind of, I mean, I worked, I'm wearing my seatbelt. I, uh, <laughs> I worked in, in the field. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've done a lot of interesting things, but I think what really, works now i mean I'm, is all that mental health work yeah all the mental health and de-escalation and and stuff and and we talk about it with our business too if i you know i'm 51 now and i've done a lot of cool shit and a lot of stupid shit but i think what happens is you know your whole perspective and what you think you want to do just narrows and narrows and narrows like a funnel and finally comes to a point and where that point is is different from most people Mine happened at the age of 47 or whatever, where bail recovery presented itself. And it was like, oh, I really love conflict management and resolution and mediation. I love weird shit of seeing (laughs) wacky things, of things that most people were like, once in a lifetime occurrences are my five or six day a week things. You know, um, just of the random crazy shit we see in the field. And it's got a danger element to it to a point. I mean, certainly we were body armor and everything else. And I've always kind of liked that field. So it's got all of that and it doesn't make me go overseas for 115 days or whatever. It allows me to kind of keep a relatively normal. Well, not really, but I mean, I don't have to go anywhere. Normal. Somewhat normal schedule. (laughs) So it's uh, it seems to me to be the best of all things. You know, it's interesting. 
Um, and it lets me use, I mean, all the shit I've done over the years, it lets me kind of apply them all. You get a pull well, and from also, everything. Go ahead, yeah. Oh. Uh, it's it's funny that you mentioned like the funnel in terms of our business, because I was thinking I found <laughs> we st- we started Fenrir um, at the time we were calling it Fenrir Group. And of course, now it's Fenrir Recovery. But um, I pronounce it started- wrong every time. You have demonstration now, though. That's right. Um, so uh, we started it at a tiny little table in like uh, in like the corner of a books a million, and uh, I remember John had like a little moleskin notebook, and he sat down, and we were sitting down, and he wrote a list of the services that Fenrir Group was going to offer, and it was like bail recovery, process service private security, you know, that whole all things I was doing in yeah. little bits and pieces. Yeah. That right. whole spectrum of work. And it just like he was talking about that funnel, you know, it didn't take very long for it to funnel down to finding people who don't want to be found is what we're good at. You know, the, again, going back to your skills, the conflict resolution that, you know, your part, you know, finding people who don't want to be found and, and getting them into custody and back to jail. That's, that's what we're good at. And it right. just kind of, that it funneled down from this whole spectrum of, of work that we right. were trying to do to this one specific thing. And, you know, now that's our company is a full-time bail recovery company. And that's all we do. I mean, if someone wants some security or something like that, I'd think about it, but you know, yeah. somebody wants to get married, they can probably request that. That's as well. right. Packages. Wedding packages. We did one. We I married. The, I was the officiant for one of our bondsman's daughters, and uh, her fiance and Alex actually shot the photos for the wedding. It was nice. kind of wild. So yeah, I actually love doing that, man. I I had a, a buddy way back in the day ask me to officiate his wedding, and I was like, yeah, okay. He's an electrician, and in exchange at my house, I had then I needed some work in a bath, like a bathroom fan. I'm like, hey, you put the fan in, I'll marry you. And so that was it. And since then, I've done a lot. Of, I love it. I, it's one of my favorite things to do. And it's nice. cornballs, balance, everything. But I love doing it. I just love being there and being part of that day. Yeah, I'm often involved in people's shittiest days ever. So to be involved in a big day is pretty awesome. In a big it's day, be- man, I love it. I, I love the human experience, man. I, I dig it. I, I that you have to, I think, to really appreciate this job and not become cynical at it. Mm-hmm. You know, I talked to some other bounty hunter, bail recovery folks, and it's always these people or this. You know, they they, they have a real negative approach and on their folks, and they're not appreciating the bigger the bigger you know picture of why our folks are how they are and what they do and why they do it, you know, and, and, and how their lives have gotten there. And yeah. What, at what yeah. point have you come to the conclusion that it's totally normal for you to have a bounty hunter in your mom's house at six in the morning? You know, it's like, it's not normal. <laughs> that's do not, that. but people, you just, know, just to clarify that for anyone yeah. listening, yeah, remember everyone listening? Not normal. it's not okay. You don't want me in your life, man. I'm bad fucking news. And for some of these people, it's like their reality. You know, I'm at their house and they're like, oh, yeah, you're a bounty hunter, right? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, well, last time they uh, he they called (laughs) him. He was with us last time. (laughs) It happens all the time. It happens all the time. Mm -hmm. Our folks know the deal. You look at their criminal charges. Alex will pull it up on the computer and he'll say they'll have four FTAs in the past held on FTA. What's picked up for FTA? 
Uh, failure, failure to appear. appear. Okay. Yeah, Second failure to appear. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> jargon. I throw it out there like everyone should know, right? Yeah. Well, that's because you're a normal citizen. <laughs> you don't know what FDA is. I know. Well, that was funny. My, uh, I got a haircut earlier, and my hairstylist was like, so, you know, I saw your Instagram, like, what you do for a job and stuff. That's crazy. Like, how does it work? I was like, well, do you know how bail works? And she was like, I don't have a clue. I was like, well, that's probably because you're a responsible citizen who handles your shit. Yeah. Not everyone knows what bonding bonding is. And and we throw some jargon around. People are like, what? I'm like, okay, you probably know what's up. You're what we call a citizen. You know, that's, uh, you know, you're a citizen. You're someone who's like, you go to, you got to, you somehow had to go to court and missed it. You're not gonna miss. You're not gonna miss it. You know, you're, if you yeah. got if you got an appointment, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, gonna go take care it. of it. You're gonna take care of it. But our folks just don't. Like Alex said earlier, just chronically irresponsible. The same folks have their car repoed, their insurance pulled, their license, their no work, phones not working, sleeping their dead asses on everyone's couches. Yeah. That's who we go after. Yeah. That's who we go after. You Seems know, it's like not like a good phone. job, and you you get a, a good majority. <laughs> We do. We do. Uh, some are hard. You get a young, like they're they're not homeless in the sense of like some guy pushing a shopping cart around. Yeah. But you get a lot of folks that'll be 22, 23 years old. The only address they've ever had is their mom and dad's. Okay. They have no work, no car. Their phone only works the first three, four days of the month. You know, and it's and you're like, go get them. You know, and oh, yeah, and he's got a baby mama or a brother or someone who co-signed for him who doesn't know where he's at. Yeah. And the last job he had was McDonald's when he was 17. Yeah. And the bondsman's like, well, he said years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Three years ago. Shit, man. This guy we're after right now. We go to his mom's house on Thanksgiving, like show up at our house on Thanksgiving. Like (laughs) I'm walking her house and she's like, and this is a 45 year old grown ass man. And she's like, he hasn't lived here since he was 17. I'm like, okay, well, that's the address he put on the bond, but sure as anything, he had been there since 17 years old. And it was job, but he hasn't worked here for like six months prior to when he went to jail last time. So, and these guys, they know the game. It's a little trade craft on their part, but it's, uh, those are the guys. Those are the guys who jump bail. When we mentioned earlier, Alex kind of does the detective aspect. You look into finding people through social media or online. And that was a big proponent that made you guys a good team. But at the same time, you're with John, you're in the car, you're suited up, you've got your everyday carry. And if you're not at the front door, I take it you're probably at the back door. Almost always. So, yeah, I mean, we're a two-person team. And, you know, I for a lot of reasons, uh, first of all, we don't bring another person on very often because – we uh, our uh, our pay is commission based, and we right. don't want to split that money a third way. You know, we're yeah, tr- yeah. we're trying to make a living here, and the the more bodies you get around that house, you're having to split the money more and more and more, and it just doesn't work. So yeah, I go to the back door um, most of the time with a shotgun. Again, five four hundred pounds. <laughs> My, I, I good to have an equalizer. Yeah, if nothing absolutely. else, the shotgun alone will dissuade people from running. And um, John goes to the front door and that's our, I mean, and, and my role in the field goes far beyond that. I mean, on the speaking to the benefits of being five, four and a hundred pounds, I can danger down, take all my shit off and walk in a convenience store 
and look around and no one looks twice at me because no one looks at the five, four hundred pound, 26 year old girl and thinks that could be the bounty hunter. That, that I know is little do they know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So there are a lot. And then I, you know, I, she's got a personal gorilla in the car. That's what they don't know. (laughs) I run things on people as well. Catfishing. I mean, we've caught multiple people because I was able to find their dating profile or their Snapchat and start talking to them, sending them selfies and, uh, you know, I'm like, Hey, you know, we should get together uh, at, uh, you know, whatever tonight and worst Tinder date ever. <laughs> Me. Surprise <laughs> motherfucker. You ain't no chick. <laughs> exactly. Surprise. You ain't no chick. So it's, uh, yeah, I love it when it happens though. Cause they're so off guard. They're so off guard. They're, you know, Oh, come to my house, you know, three o'clock. I don't have any money. I get paid Monday. Oh, my car is broken. I'm staying with my friend. That's okay. I'll come get you. Knocking a door, and he's like, "Oh shit!" I'm like, "Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They've <laughs> that's got right, dude. Pretty, pretty damn stupid at that point, too." <laughs> you know what the craziest thing is that these folks never put together. They never. Well, the, the last guy did. The last guy put together because you were sitting right there. Yeah, you were in I, the had car to, I had to ride in the car back. But yeah. the last, we've had cat people. We've catfished. I've had him in the car, and and Alex wasn't there. I I picked him up, put him in the car. And he's like, man, this sucks. I had a girl coming over and everything. I'm like, you haven't figured this shit out, dum-dum? I'm like, that was my partner, you stupid ass. Do you tell him that? No, I never tell him. I'm like, oh, that's bummer, dude. I I have two now that never put two and two together. And one of them, I was driving the car seven hours back from Raleigh, North Carolina. And the guy was in the back seat and never never realized (laughs) that I was the girl that he had been Snapchatting for a week. I mean, I had been what? Snapchatting speech to this guy for a week and he just never put two and two together. I think it was the context because, you know, I'm wearing all the gear and everything. Okay. And I think he just. I never... remember him starting to cry. He walked up the driveway and he saw me. He's like, <laughs> like, dude, just stop. Just Come stop. On, man. <laughs> yeah. That was a big bond too. And he yeah. had stole what? 300,000 from his grandma. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he was a, he was a criminal, yeah. a dumb one, but he was a criminal. Damn. Well, I'm yeah, kind of just letting you yeah. guys rant. Cause I'm hoping this will be the first time that I have you on and we can get into a little, little bit more dialed conversation, but I keep trying to keep my podcast free form and, it's kind right. of hard to not have a script or a focal point, but you guys are into a bunch of stuff that I'm into. So there we go, really man. Dig in what you do for a living and how good you are at it and how professional you are at it. I just kind of wanted to let you both talk and let Absolutely. people get to know you. And for your fans that tune in and want to hear you, they're kind of hearing you a little bit more than me. But is there anything in particular you guys want to talk about? Do you have any questions for me? Uh, Tell me about your punk rock, your uh, your musical taste, your punk rock music taste. Uh, punk rock musical taste. My musical taste is yeah, I have an overall very broad appreciation for all types of music. Um, punk I know punk you and I share likes of music a lot. What's that? You and I share likes of music very much. Very much we do, but punk rock, I mean, social distortion, kind of the go-tos, yep. misfits. Uh, I kind of grew up a little bit more in the hardcore scene so right hardcore bands oi music all kind of ties in but growing up it just was a huge variety of different 
types of music. So I'm all over the board. It can be dropping herpes one too, day man. or, you know what I mean, Wu-Tang the next day. I, That's I, right. The next that, well, you know what? Can you, can't be all, you can't be married to just one. I Like you, I'm, Social D is my go-to. Nice. And uh, I, I grew up, and I'm, I'm 51. I grew up in the, going to high school in the early 80s, and it was all like ACDC and that kind of stuff. And then that new wave kind of thing came around. But then in like 1983, dude, this is how old I am. 1983, I went and I saw the Ramones. Nice. I went and saw the Ramones at the Santa Cruz Civic, and I was like, all right, this is my shit right here. Fuck yeah. So I got into Ramones and L.A. punk rock, like X and Black Flag and the X, Germ. Yeah. You know, I was in, totally into that. I listened to some hardcore, but like you, I mean, all over the place still. Like now, uh, Social D is my go-to. You know, I'm, they played the club. When I was out of, out of the Army, I managed a nightclub, a live music club, and Social D played. And uh, I started getting really into them. And then years later, I ran into Mike Ness in a casino buffet. <laughs> and I was like, dude, Mike Ness. And he was like, hey, and he's got that gravel voice. You know, I was like, yeah. what's up, man? Uh, so I'm, I'm always social D for life, man. But I love all that Orange County punk rock. I like some of the oi music. You know, I was uh, a big fan of, uh, oh, my gosh. Well, I had a bunch of friends who went the ska route. You know, they were yeah. all into that. But I had was a never those friends. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I feel those around it like rancid. You know, I was always kind of into them, and I was like, okay, you know, I could get into that. And then it's kind of diversion to, you know, from Social D, it's like Dropkick Murphys and Flogging Molly. You know, all is all in that same genre, though. So all yeah. in the same genre, and then I mean, Wu Tang, Street Dogs, and then, the Briggs. Those are two of like my main favorite punk rock bands, and I don't know ever since the early two thousands and Mike McColgan and the Dropkick Murphys kind of yep. scared me more towards the the oi scene if you will but uh, i think you'll yeah. dig the song i've got for the outro on that i'm not oh, gonna nice. spoil it i'm gonna make you tune in but no i'm gonna <laughs> tune in man i've been i've listened to all of them so far nice so i'll be Somebody's checking listening. that out <laughs> no, yeah no i dig it man i i dig it i liked i really liked your uh 3.5 your uh yeah the, i like your, your jfp yeah, but you know what? It was really good. It was on point, man. It was good audio. Qu- I mean, first of all, technically, I know I'm friends with some people who have podcasts who are really popular, big podcast people, and it sounds like they're yelling through a, like a tin can half the time. They're, they got they put their iPhone on the table and say, "Oh, we have a podcast." Yeah, and it sounds terrible. Yours is really, really professional. It sounds great. There's not any of this. It doesn't sound like shit, you know. Because I there are guys who have. I appreciate that. I try to make sure it doesn't. (laughs) No, there's guys who are top 100 on iTunes. It sounds like you're yelling in a garbage can at each other. (laughs) And I'm just like, no, no, your sound is spot on, man. Nice. Alex, what's some of your music? I don't really see the post music. I'm not even going to say anything. No, John likes to give me shit because here's the thing. I don't give you shit. (laughs) Yes, you do. (laughs) Okay, maybe. You do. (laughs) Don't like. Here's the thing. I, you know, it's funny. I was reading. Actually, I stumbled across a, a, some terminology um, on the internet the other day. This little thing called taste freeze, and it, it tends to happen like right around thirty years old. They're like thirty years old, will, where people will like stop seeking out new music and just like listen to the same stuff. And I, the first person I thought of was John because he doesn't <laughs> listen to any kind of new music at all, and he doesn't seek it out. And he's just nope. like, it's all shit. I listen to my punk rock. I listen to Wu Tang. I listen to Johnny Cash. That's what I like. And okay. <laughs> uh, I'm a millennial, so I listen to. A, I tend to listen to a lot more current music. Um, 
My absolute favorite artist is Lana Del Rey. I have zero shame. I love her. Um, now, talented. I am dating a man who is twice my age, yep. so <laughs> there might be a little association there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, what you say? I, I feel like music gets, that's, was it loud and fast? Yeah, he tends to like music that's loud and fast. Um, I love Lana Del Rey. I, I listen to All Day a lot. Um, I really, just their... Thematically, the the lyrics and kind of their inspiration really love them. Um, there's a band called Black Rebel Motorcycle Club, and yeah. they're just kind of a rock and roll band. Love, love, love them. Um, Not I, Black Label Society. Oh, I, know. <laughs> yeah, I like them. I don't like their, I don't like Black Motorcycle Rebel. See, there you go. You're giving me shit I'm right not, now. I, I don't. Doing I didn't say I didn't. You're doing. I, I just said I don't care for them. There's a subtext. <laughs> I like Black Label Society. I'm not. Um, but yeah, them, and then there's a local, actually, um, a, a artist named Butch Walker. He's he's uh, from Cartersville, Atlanta, and he's produced a ton of big name artists, uh, from Weezer to Katy Perry to Pink, just huge spectrum of uh, pr- production work. But um, his, uh, I've loved his music for years, and he is he's a Georgia local and Atlanta local, and uh, yeah, so those are probably like the top four that come to mind for me. Nice. You guys, I asked you for a movie clip, and you sent me one from The Godfather. That's right. I, I love it. One of you guys say it, or both. It's up to you. Say, so I, I well, <laughs> we're both movie fans because we just are. I'm a Tarantino guy. I'm a I'm a Chuck Palahniuk guy. I love all the movies that we all like. Right? I yeah. love all of them. But I think Pulp we have a lot of similar taste in movies that we do. And yeah, exactly. Probably. You know, like, like attracts like, right? But yes. to me, I always tell people and they're like, uh, you know, oh, you're so professional. How do you stay so calm? You know, you fought that guy. You let him drink his beer, this and that. And I tell people, I said, it, it's not personal. It's just business. And I always think <laughs> of the godfather, you know, and then you have him and he's like, it, it's just it's just what we do. Nice. You know, I can't yeah. personalize this because – then you just lose your mind. It goes back to what we talked about at the very beginning of personalizing it and yelling and screaming and acting in a panic and taking it personal. That's going to cloud your judgment. You're going to do some stupid shit and you're not going to be effective at your job. Where if, you, if you're totally compartmentalizing it, not taking it personal, I see this guy running away. I don't see this guy as anything other than a big giant dollar bill sign running down the road. I mean, I, it's not like, yeah, I I don't have a justice boner out for this guy of like, I can't wait to clear the streets. This guy is the world's going to be safer without this guy on the streets. I don't even think that I know there's some bounty hunters. You'd like to think that they're kind of like cops and cleaning the streets up and, and good for them. That's not how I roll. I come from the PMC background of that is very mercenary free, a true freelance of I'm here to work for a boss, to put this guy in to, you know, make sure he doesn't lose $25,000. And also I'm going to get paid for doing it. It's not like I don't have a personal interest in it. And like, Oh, I can't wait to get this guy off the street because he's a terrible person. I really don't care. I mean, that sounds kind of terrible. I mean, certainly, I want the world to be a better place. Right. But well, me, I think there's but, a good example. Not, I mean, and sorry, I, and I mean to cut you off. It's kind of a little bit not. of the Skype lag, but I think it's a good example of the quality of business men and woman, man and woman, <laughs> yeah. 
But the, the type of person that you are, and it speaks volumes to your character, I remember you posted a video in a neighborhood where some random dude got his arm tore up by a dog and you rolled up on him and busted out your first aid kit and yeah. just went into yeah. EMT mode. So that's, yeah, you, that's not, it's, you know, I mean, you may have that dollar bill running around the corner, but if you see somebody in need, you're stopping and, and helping them. Yeah. I mean, always, you know, it's, uh, I'll, I'll, I try to, you know, we all have a code, right? And, and I always try, you know, I tell people all the time, they ask on Twitch, they ask me in DMs, they ask like about religion or politics or whatever. I tell people, I say, you know what I, I, I say to people all the time? Don't be a dick. Yeah. Just don't be a dick. That's what it comes down to. And if I could administer aid or help someone who's been bit by a dog or whatever it is, or that car crash woman, remember that? I was thinking, that's I had to what I was cut a woman out of her car that. in a car crash while we were at a place what? one time. Yeah, it was was crazy. We were working a case looking for this guy in an apartment complex and we heard like screeching and crashing. And there was a woman who like right up the hill at the top of the apartment complex got into a car wreck and um, single car accident, diabetic emergency, went off the road and was off two wheels on its side and was having was was presenting with all the signs of a diabetic emergency. Right. So she's incoherent, just kind of rambling kept trying to start a car over again and again i jumped the barbed wire fence grabbed the ifac tore my pants I mean, these pants i know i'm like yeah, yeah they actually still have like uh, little holes in them from yeah the barbed wire. <laughs> i had to jump this like 10 foot i had to, I had to scale a 10 foot barbed wire fence Holy i jump shit. it run up the road and she's trying to do it the car is smoking there's electricity arcing out of the dash and i was really? like uh ma'am we got to get out of this car so i end up i cut her seatbelt off was getting her out of the car cops rolled up i'm like all right you guys got this all now i just took off but yeah i mean i'll always i'll always you know what's that cliche of people who run to gunfire as opposed to running away yeah i've always kind of been like that this is how you handle your business you know you handle your business as a man like that and it's uh again going back to not personalizing it like the guy who's hurt or the woman you it's easy at this job to become cynical or kind of just disenchanted with with what we do these okay. fucking people this that and i don't ever see it that way i don't i think i, I think that's what why, why we're always enthusiastic about it too you know well i think i think you and i work really hard to 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 be open-minded and to understand the social factors that go into the lives of the people that we're dealing with and you can't it's not a black and white issue and you can't make it a black and white issue. You know, people will get us, you know, Twitch or whatever. People will be like, are you picking up bad bad guys today? Are you going after perps today? And I'm like, no, they're not. They're not like most of them aren't bad guys. And I think, you know, we both work hard to avoid any sort of like sort of fundamentalism that makes it a black and white issue of we're the good guys and they're the bad guys. Right. I'm, I'm more of that uh, chaotic, neutral, kind of morally <laughs> ambiguous guy. Of, you know, I, if, if you're a dick, then I need to handle my business. But right. to me, it's this is, uh, this is just business. I don't even remember their names. I, I, the guy I, I tased the other night, I'll forget his name by next week. I just, I don't know. She remembers everything. She remembers everything. She's much younger We're, than you. 
Well, exactly. I've, I've, I've got about seven documented concussions. So it's uh, my head hit a few. I've had my times. head hit a lot of times. Well, definitely. Alex mentioned that these aren't typically bad guys because most of the time, if I see John post a, an Instagram story saying that, you know, you guys are on stakeout or you're waiting, I usually say, stay safe, bag a bad guy. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's, no it's, it's good. I mean, it is because they're, I mean, obviously they have criminal warrants. Yeah. You know, it's not just like I'm collecting a debt. They do have a bench warrant issued from the court. Well, um, so, yeah. Kind of put that into perspective for me that it's not, it's not always bad people. You know, I didn't right. realize that 90%, I think you stated earlier, John. Yeah. Really not. It, they're not bad people. They're just unfortunate people who continuously put themselves into bad situation that that's about as good as i've ever heard it framed you know and and it's important that you said they put themselves there certainly there's there's things that are out of people's control you know there are people who like are born on third base and think they hit a triple you know there are people who do start with a leg up and they're having said that there are people who start with a leg down and a lot of our folks are raised in bad conditions bad family environment Dad might be in jail, single mom or single dad, whatever it is, drugs, no work ethic. Oh, we get by on disability in the trailer park, whatever it is. And it's not it shouldn't be a surprise to anyone when this kid turns out as a small time petty criminal who doesn't handle his shit because, you know, he doesn't have a he didn't have a parent, an older brother, a mentor, whatever. And it seems like common sense to us. If you're a person that pays your bills, has a healthy relationship has a roof over your head, a job, and is responsible, it's almost inconceivable for, say, you to say, ah, fuck court, I'm not going. Yeah, You would never think of that. But having said that, it's well, just as interesting. When I was younger, I might have, but. Well, yeah, you know what? And we all go through that. I don't trust anyone who didn't go through that phase. So if <laughs> it's still coming, you're still young. <laughs> oh, <Josh>. So <laughs> it, you're still young. You're gonna flip on us. That's one right. Day. <laughs> it's gonna turn. Use our powers for evil. No, and it's. Uh, I, I think it's inconceivable to to expect some guy who has had no leadership or motivation or drive in his life, or even an example of how a grown ass man should act to start all of a sudden acting like a grown-ass man. You know, you, yeah. you, you plant a carrot, you get a carrot. You know, you don't take a 10-year-old dog off the street, put it in your house, and it shits on the floor and get mad at it for shitting on the floor. Yeah. That's what a 10-year-old dog has never been trained dumbness. <laughs> you know, it's uh, – so our folks, I mean, getting to what Alex said, we, we kind of get the whole picture. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like, oh, this fucking piece of shit guy – He's in a trailer park. He never handles his business. Ah, rah, rah. I'm going to get him. I'm going to throw his dead ass in jail. It's not really like that. It's, you not, know? That it's, it's not that simple. Well, and you and, see a lot of that in your guys' content where you're talking like a professional, treating these people like human beings. You see whether it's John, you know, talking to what would it be suspect? I mean, per defendant. What do you call him? Defendant. defendant. Yeah. I was uh, Alex talking mm-hmm. yeah. to a family member. I mean, I'm, I know there's times I've seen Alex on content and you're being very approachable and calm and understanding to this defendant's spouse yeah. or well, I think father, that's the you know what I mean? It's just crazy mm-hmm. to see how well you guys handle your business. Well, thank you. Well, we, we work really hard at it. I always per- try to per- perfect my craft. You know, I work out, I shoot, I do all these things. 
and I write, I read, I do everything I can to try to get better at this job just because it's my hobby is getting better at my job, I'd say. Nice. Um, but I think that's the difference. Whenever I see content from other bounty hunters or whatever and they're screaming or yelling, I'm like, no, man, that doesn't. you don't get paid more. You don't get paid more for whipping someone's ass. Right. If it true, I'd be doing it. You know, I'd, I'd <laughs> fight every day, but you don't. And we've come to conclusion of, you know, like grandma says, you catch more uh, bees with, with honey than yeah, vinegar. Right. Vinegar, so you, you just like, there's no reason to say, listen, you piece of shit. Where's that dead ass kid of yours. There's no reason for that. Yeah. I mean, I've got relationships with these people like Alex and the, and the co-signer last week. Or these defendants' moms are like, oh, hey, Mr. John. I'm like, hey, Miss Rose, how's it going? Any sign of that kid? No. I mean, I was with a guy. We watched our puppies turn to small dogs. Remember that guy? Oh, yeah. We they worked this motherfucker so- for like four months, uh, long enough to like see their dogs grow up. And by the end of it all, we shook hands. I'm like, hey, thanks for working with me all this time. They're like, well, you know, thank mm-hmm. you. But right. we have a relationship. And you don't want to have it every time you go there. You don't need to be working against their family because there's already uh i'm not going to snitch on my own kid or family member or friend in place that's already there yeah you know if i i'm not going to make it worse by yelling at them and calling them dead ass accomplices you know (laughs) they're not going to all of a sudden say all right you're right i'm a dead ass he's in the shed they're not going (laughs) to do that you, you know, you got a fucking contractor. I'll tell yeah. you, he's right here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're right. It never works that way. You know, it's uh, it's a you got to seduce them into working with you, and that doesn't have to mean just straight snitching. It can be just any information of he had a baby mama here, or I heard he had a job. It, it doesn't have to be put him on me, put me on him, tell him to come over because you got mail and I'm going to wait in the living room for him. That never happens, but it's just a relationship that we build with these co-signers and you work it and you work it and you work it. And finally it kind of breaks. It just breaks. You know, this guy the other night, three weeks, Alex, probably 200 texts into this girl. Finally, pow, it happens. Bam. We're, we're leaving a convenience store at six o'clock and, she calls out, she goes, it might happen tonight. Bam, there it is. It happens nice. that fast. Done. You know, after three weeks of like pulling our hair out and thinking about this joker, all of a sudden it just done. And, and what, 930, he's in the backseat of the car. Yeah. Bang. <laughs> well, going back to like not putting people down, I think the last thing I would say about that is if, if you are – it's like bullying in, in high school, right? If you feel the need to put someone down, you're trying to elevate yourself. And I think – if you have a sense of self-awareness, a sense of confidence in who you are and what you're doing, then you don't need to put anyone down because you're not you don't need to try and elevate yourself. Yeah, if you have enough confidence, typically you don't people you don't. try to break down other people to build themselves up. That unfortunately Absolutely. is a very common theme in society. Absolutely, man. And you learn it, you see it in relationships, you yep. see it in great school, you see it in Anywhere there's a, any kind of authority, whether it's your boss or a cop and a defendant, you know, there's yeah. no need to the, 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 situ, the roles have already been established. There's no need to to make try to make yourself better because you're not. You know, it, it's just not how it how it works. Your defendant's not going to go, man, that guy really is cool. He's not going to say that. He's like, guy's <laughs> a dick, you know. And He's an asshole. It's, he's an asshole, man. I'm not going to comply with him. You know, I'm going to run the first chance I get. 
you know, there's no need for it. That's yeah. a good point. There's just no need for it. Uh, but it does come back to a self-awareness of sorts of knowing yourself, knowing why you're in the game, why you do what you do, and uh, and, and having confidence in all that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys, I, I've had you sitting in your car on Skype with me for almost an hour and a half. This is going to be my longest <laughs> podcast yet, and I'm way excited. <laughs> That's awesome. Me too, man. That's just but, uh, fun. We'll do it again. Uh, now, you're heading out to Vegas, maybe, on. right? What's are that? You, are you going to drive to Las Vegas? I don't know. If I can get the SHOT Show tickets, then absolutely, but we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, work on that because we're going to be there, and uh, no one has more fun in Las Vegas than I do. Yeah, so it might be, be good. Scary. I think it might be fun even just to come down and, and see you guys on the Strip and hang out. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. But, uh, just come down, bring your wife down for a day or so, and uh, Vegas is a relatively cheap place to come for a day or two. It's so you close know? to us in Salt Lake City. It, it's ridiculous. Right. So, it's an easy drive too, right? Is it 80? This time of year, as long as you hit good weather, you're fine. All right, right. Like five and a half, six hours, depending oh, on how shit. fast you go. We do that like three, four days a week, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> that ain't shit for you. You guys yeah, want to tell live people where, where to find you? I mean, obviously, Instagram. Our um, Instagram is... Yeah, let, me, let me give the rundown on social media. Yeah, yeah <laughs> forget I'm going to quiet and let Alex do her thing. <laughs> okay, so you can find both of us on Instagram. Um, John is unique underscore skill set. Note that skill set, not skillet. Uh, people get confused sometimes. Like, Who's unique skillet? <laughs> <laughs> so unique underscore skill set. And then I my uh, Instagram handle is wasp, but it's w dot asp. And then you can find us on YouTube. Uh, we're just under Fenrir Recovery. That's F-E-N-R-I-R Recovery, like the Norse Wolf. And then we're also Fenrir Recovery on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv backslash Fenrir Recovery. If you're on a desktop, if you're viewing, viewing Twitch from a mobile phone, like from the Twitch app, then you just search Fenrir Recovery. Um, and then we have Twitter as well. And we actually, John typically runs the Twitter account and he posts a lot of content on Twitter that doesn't go on Instagram. So you can catch other little like bits and pieces of our day on Twitter. And the Twitter is Fenrir underscore recovery. Great. You guys are going to make me reactivate my Twitter account. <laughs> you see, it's, we, are, we, sit, we tell people when we're going to stream on there. It's like schedule. But also, I'll take pictures. I see some random wild-ass shit. I mean, <laughs> I mean, just like, what am I looking at? And those are the things I'll take pictures. So you put them like in a story or whatever on Instagram, or you put them on Twitter. And there's just like, you can't even describe the weirdness of a day sometimes. You're like, this is crazy. There's a chicken on these people's house table. On their table in their kitchen, <laughs> they have a chicken. Or there's a chicken playing the xylophone That's one of in the, the people's top, backyard. That's like, top what? three weird to me a chicken playing the xylophone in a dependent house yeah his girlfriend we're waiting for him to she bought him an uber back to the house so that he could come and go to jail because she was sick of his shit and while we're waiting for his uber to get there she's like do you want to see my chicken play the xylophone and we're like come again and she's I'm like, like of course i do yeah yeah <laughs> yes. Don't yeah chicken playing the damn xylophone. show me your chicken playing the xylophone i am down i don't know chicken on a table or Naked people, or that's not on the, the Twitter. Yeah, just so you know. yeah. <laughs> no naked people. The weird, random ass <laughs> shit, and the 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 whole encounter of the two grandmas whose kids married each other. Oh, oh. yeah. So 
two sisters, right? Like Ethel and Mary, two sisters, same mom and dad, two like close sisters. One had a son, one had a daughter, and those they got married. <laughs> then had kids, and one of their no. kids was the defendant. Like the Peacock family on X-Files type stuff. <laughs> it was just like that. It was just like that. Awesome. And I'm sorry, so, Alex, yeah. did I cut you off on the uh, social oh, media? Yeah. Okay. I was just trying, yeah, I was just, just trying to make sure everyone knew that there were no pictures of naked people on the Twitter. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> unique skillet, however not I like skillet. that. The I'm omelet maker. That. Yeah. That's why I feel like, what's unique skillet? I'm like, who the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. The fuck unique skillet. That doesn't make any fucking sense. But yeah, that's, uh, I get it once in a while though. Yeah. I get it once in a while. Who's unique skillet? I can't find your account. <laughs> <laughs> well. Well, I appreciate you guys taking some time to yeah. sit down and get to know you a little bit better. And I honestly hope you'll be back on. I, it's my first sure. interview with two guests instead of one and over Skype. I've never done it before, so wish me no, luck. Man. Hopefully I can piece it together and it'll be good. <laughs> I'm yeah, sure it will be, man. Right. All your other ones are good, so this will be good Thank too, you. man. Yeah, I'm awesome. excited. Uh, what, um, shoot me a uh, you know, DM me a graphic and I'll put it up on my on my uh, on my Instagram. So if it's if it's like, oh hey, I'll I'll, I'll put up for dead cereal, I'll post that we're gonna be on nice. there whenever it's ready. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. If it's not up tonight, it'll definitely be up by tomorrow. So I've got to go pick up the dead cereal hoodies. Finally, I got those done. So my buddy at Columbus Prince has them waiting for me. So I'm going to grab those and then throw this up. But uh, is there anything else? Anybody you guys want to give a shout out to? Any other questions for me? Well, I'll tell you what. We do have some help that we get from – it's our time to shill, right? So um, (laughs) we have a relationship with Vertex. You know, the, the clothing yep. and bag tack manufacturer. Uh, if you use Fenrir at checkout, you get 25%? 25% off on Vertex, yeah. Yeah, 25% off everything on Vertex. So all their pants, bags, jackets, all their stuff, just put it in there. You get 25% off. Combat flip-flops, we have a relationship with them. Awesome, awesome guys, awesome, uh, awesome products, awesome mission. Um, you 20% know, off? 20% off, yeah. Yeah, Shamogs, they make uh, like a like a Vans, like a like a like a sneaker, like a tennis shoe now. Oh yeah. Uh, flip flops, obviously, and jewelry. Twenty percent off if you spend rear there. Nice. Also, if you if you're looking for anything less lethal, uh, there's a company. They're on Instagram, SRS Defense. Yeah. They have uh, they sell tasers. They sell pepper spray, yeah, like like kind of undercover body armor type stuff that Alex has. Um, for once in a while when she has to go inside undercover but still wants some protection. Okay. We have a relationship with them, and um, we never really set up a discount with them or anything, but they're just good guys. If you called them up, and they'd give you a discount. Like if you want to get some badass <laughs> pepper spray, like marginally like better than bear spray shit, Holy call them shit. up and just say, yeah, tell them that John and Alex sent you. You'll get a bro deal. Call that, my buddy Ulrich the up there, man. Unofficial promo code is by phone. John and Alex sent me. Yeah, I just say, hey, John and Alex sent me here. You'll get yeah. a bro deal. Nice. And uh, like, yeah, and the pepper spray actually comes out like silly string, like a gel foam, oh, and hits goodness. and stick and expands. So you don't get cross contamination. You don't have fog blowing it. You know, wind blowing it everywhere. Had that and then it just a couple times. <laughs> right, right. So you know, this stuff hits and sticks, man. So it's a nightmare. And then uh, we have a relationship with uh, Black Point Tactical. 
Yeah. Uh, BP Tactical. Just friends of ours. Just friends of ours. Shit. Harvey makes all of our tactical gear. My taser holster to all my gear belt, oh, all nice. of Alex's gear belt. Uh, they're on Instagram, BP Tactical. They're BP really Tactical. good guys. Yeah, don't we don't have them, any... them yet, so I'll definitely check them out. Get some oh, they're gear. really cool, man. They make, uh, like I said, I even have a holster. On my duty belt, I run a pistol. I run one set of cuffs. I run one spare mag, and I run a, uh, a holster for my multi-tool. It's all Kydex. Nice. And I've got three or four different setups because I, I, I run through – I run different pistols for different days of the week just because I'm like that. I'm like, oh, I like this gun today. Sometimes but they, I go with my Glock 43. Other times I go with my 38 Special Smith & Wesson. It just kind of depends. <laughs> you know, that's our ability to accessorize is what separates us from the animals, right? Um, exactly. I uh, – I uh, I go Glock 19 sometimes. Sometimes I go with the Springfield XDM and 45. Um, but lately I've been running my one of my, my 1911 and uh, old school man, old school man 1911. <laughs> what have you been running, Alex? Huh? Everyday carry. What do you usually have as a sidearm? Good question. So for work, every day I carry just a, a Glock 19, and um, it's uh, it's honestly pretty basic i have trichicon night sights on it i have a long wolf uh, match grade barrel nice. um so that's that's my everyday carry and honestly most of the time like if i'm on my day off we talk about it all the time we get <laughs> we get tired of wearing all the gear right so day off we're like oh my god i'm so glad to be in normal clothes like when my day <laughs> off comes i want to wear my yoga pants right? <laughs> right so and it's hard at five four and a hundred pounds to conceal a firearm in yoga pants so a lot of times on my like on my day off i will carry my glock 19 in my vertex bag nice. um and it has like the special concealed carry pouch right. and of course i train with it train the draw so that i'm smooth and comfortable with the draw um and then i have a smith and wesson shield the nine mil i don't use it all that often i mean it's good if i need a smaller more compact gun but between work and you know carrying my 19 in the vertex bag that's pretty much me sweet yeah yeah, mostly for me, it's 1911. I've got the Glock 19. Like right now, if I were to carry a concealed, it'd be probably the Glock 19. Sweet. Uh, but yeah, for work, 1911. The other thing I'll <laughs> say about all the companies we just mentioned is like, that's not just us talking because we have any sort of brand association with them. Like these people, we every single one of those companies, we carry their gear every single day. Yeah. Nice. I wouldn't do it. I beat the Every, shit out of stuff. I, I'm not familiar with BP Tactical, but Vertex, Combat Flip Flops, definitely one yeah. of those companies, and they're they're great companies. They offer a great product, and they do. Check out you BP happen Tactical. to be able to use their products on such a daily basis, and it's so common go to for no you one, that that relationship's probably almost natural. Yeah, no one's harder on equipment than I am. I mean, I beat the shit out of stuff in and out of the car all day. I'm crawling through attics, jumping fences, doing all this kind of stuff. And plate carriers, I mean, I blew up AR-500, velocity <laughs> systems, all these kind of plate care. I ate them up. You know, now I'm happy with Shellback, um, but I'm hard on gear. I'm just hard on gear. And uh, like our careers and our job have kind of trickled down to a point, our gear now is pretty much spot on to where yeah, we want it to be. Through experimentation – and I wouldn't be running any of that gear if I thought it would fail. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't do. I wouldn't carry Black Point Tactical Kydex 
if I thought at some point it's just going to let loose, I'm going to drop a hot 1911. Or my cuffs are going to be very bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I run it with a hammer back. It's got a safety. I run a safety on, but it's locked with a yeah. with a hammer back with my 1911. It's not going to do me any good if it's not. Yeah, that's and, kind of the uh, whole point of having yeah. a concealed firearm permit and carrying a firearm is exactly. That's why I don't carry a hammer. On shoot, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's why I don't carry a hammer on my hip. I carry a 1911 with a hammer back. I, I had a guy. I was somewhere the other day. The guy's like, you know, your hammer's back on your uh, on your gun. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> That's how they work. That's the point. <laughs> it works. And he's like, that unsafe. I'm like, not unless I pull it out and point it at you. I mean, it's yeah, like it's holstered. No. Like, it's holstered. It's got a. I know how to operate it. I think everything's okay. <laughs> yeah, M45A1, the Colt, right? So it's got <laughs> nice. you know ambidextrous safety on there. I'm like, oh, dude, yeah. safety's on. Hammer's back. There's a 185 grain jacket and hollow point in the tube. <laughs> it's, it's perfectly safe. It's in a good holster. It's not some crappy quarter of nylon Velcro holster that's going to. With no trigger and, guard. <laughs> with no trigger guard. It's going to do some crazy shit. Yeah. No, man, those guys are Black Point Tactical. We don't have any kind of financial relationship with them, but they are a local Georgia company and veteran good owned. veteran owned, good right. guys that. If I have a problem, I'm like, hey man, I, I got something going on here. I could I could walk in and they'll fix it for me. You know, they're oh, they're awesome. good guys. We've a lot of options. Jeff at RDR Gear here in Salt Lake City, and he's he did a custom holster for my 38 and Kydex, and then I just picked one up quick uh, from a gun shop because it was right there, and I knew the brand and had talked to him a little bit before, and it's kind of the same thing as shops just right downtown. Uh, my it. buddy Chase from Black Raven Customs is going in there quite a bit and probably got a couple tricks up their sleeves that they might be working on but it's awesome to have local people good quality product that you can go to that will pay attention and correct it for you i think a uh i think a kydex holster and a wheel gun is pretty sexy honestly when i see uh when i see a little 38 or something like that with a kydex I think, God, that looks cool, man dude i love it i've got the dob green kydex holster for my 38 special and and trace grips on and that that's my favorite everyday carry but it is a little bit heavier than the, the glock 43 <laughs> yeah yeah that little wheel gun though that's a nice shooter i like it i got yeah. a gp100 the big nice. six inch stinks heavy barrel yeah you know Ruger, i'm like i like to get a kydex holster for that like outlaw josie wales man <laughs> like carry it forward big old hammer gun i'm just walking in carrying a giant ass 357 mag and uh you know, I don't ever emphasize the tactical part of our jobs to people, but obviously we carry it. Everyone yeah. wants to know about it. You know, it's a big thing. It's on Instagram. What do you carry? What do you carry? What's your gun? Yeah. And I, I, I certainly we carry it for a reason. I've been shot at at this job, and 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 there's and there's things that you need a gun. I don't go to the grocery store without a gun. So certainly for my job, I'm the same. I've way. got a, and I'm I've not, got a, I'm not even a fugitive recovery agent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm like. I think I've, and every once in a while, I'm like, you know, I could probably pull off the revolver, but I just don't. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just like, I just like the idea of wearing a revolver, like having Kydex speed loaders, you know, and kind of <laughs> be able to get after it just because I love that gun so much. No, that's awesome. Well, I thank you guys for your time. I'm not going to hold you up oh, any yeah. longer, let you get home, but uh, I don't know, maybe five, six more episodes down the line. I'll, I'll have you back and we can. Anytime, brother. Anytime. Conversation. So. Alex, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Enjoyed it. Yeah, it was fun, man. Thank you. Awesome. And I'll blast it and brag about it once it's up, but I'll I'll 
DM you guys first and let you know yeah. what's up and and you can give it a, a listen. Let me know what you think. I'm a little Absolutely. Bit nervous, I'll put it up on our Twitter. And our... <laughs> yeah, we'll blast it out everywhere. We'll, we have a, a Discord channel for our Twitch. We have, you know, all the social media that I told you about. So, yeah, we'll, we'll let everyone know and, uh, you know, send people your way. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. And I will definitely be talking at you soon. Anytime, brother. All right. All hey, right. thanks so much. Yeah. It's not personal, son. It's strictly business. And that's a wrap on episode four of the Dead Serial Podcast. I'd like to thank John and Alex from Fenry for giving me an opportunity to sit down, get to know them a little bit better. Uh, don't forget to follow the companion Instagram account for this podcast at dead underscore serial. Do no harm, take no shit. I leave you tonight with another track, one of my favorites, Tacoma Zone, Noise.
Marcus, oh lay there, do nothing. Oh my God. Put your hands behind your back. Oh my God. Put your hands behind oh. your back. Watch my back. Watch I my got back. You.